are now listening to. Guys, let's go ahead and pick up where we left off. Let's get into the second scenario. Let's look at B here. Finley is the starter here. Mm. Behind him is Zach Calzada, followed up with number three, Robbie Ashford. Now, I don't know if you feel that this is the more likely scenario here, but what what has happened here? Uh, For the interest of time, I'll start with you, B. So situation B, Finley comes out, and he's starting the season for us. To me, that's got to mean that Calzada didn't separate himself in in the summer for, for fall camp. That means that for the effort that we know he's putting in right now, there had to be something that wasn't quite there, whether it was rapport with the guys who would are projected to, to be the wide receiver starters. Because that's one thing about Calzada's working with our wideouts. Yeah, but which ones? Because if he's working with the ones that are second and third string on the depth chart, then that experience isn't going to matter as much as if um, Shedrick and uh, Javarius Johnson and Malcolm Johnson Jr. are the guys starting. If those are the guys here he's working with, great. Finley has more rapport with the guys who have the most experience. So that may weigh heavily if Calzada doesn't just knock it out of the park in fall camp. So if we're coming out of fall camp with with the B scenario here, to me it means that everybody is really, really close, and they're going with the guy who has the most experience in this offense, and that would be TJ Finley. That's what that means to me. Is there a likely scenario in this that Finley actually, we talked about Calzada knocking it out the park in scenario A. Is it a chance in under scenario B that it's not so much of a default scenario or the coaches are more familiar with what Finley can do? Or is it that Finley actually took a next step this summer and fall to give the coaches confidence to put him there? Ike? I don't see that being the case uh, just because I not because I don't think TJ Finley is is capable of doing things. I just think next step type of stuff doesn't happen between spring and fall. He would have to have been on a different level of work ethic over the summer to get there. I think that the big leap would have come between the bowl game and the spring. And since that big leap has not happened, at this point, I think he would just be kind of coasting into the starting position as opposed to like he he would have been the front runner. Right. And so everybody may have caught up some and he just maintained his his stance as number one. I just don't see a huge leap happening um, between now and the beginning of the season for TJ Finney. Not a huge leap. I'm not saying he couldn't have improved between spring and now. I just don't see a big leap being um I don't know how he widens that gap, I guess is my point, is that the gap wasn't significant already, right? So, like, how does he widen it? He already had the most knowledge of the system. He's already got starting experience. He's not more physically gifted than anybody else. His rapport is what it is. I mean, he can build rapport with some of the newer guys that are in there, maybe like a Coy Moore, right, who was at LSU. Were they Mm -hmm. at LSU at the same time? I don't think they had an overlap here. So again, I just don't, I don't know how he gets there to widen the gap between he and some of the, uh, the two other guys on this list. Not to say that he couldn't win because I, I do think there is still a very distinct possibility game. One TJ Finley is the first quarterback that walks out there on the field. Um, I just don't know how he, how he widens it by a significant margin right now. 
Mike, my follow-up question to you regarding this is, if B is the scenario week one, are we definitely looking at a scenario or a situation where we're looking at a QB by committee? Or we're looking at a situation where the QB situation may not fully be settled if it's B? Yeah, I I think that B is the most likely scenario that you're not tied to once the season starts. Because to right. Ike's point, I don't think I don't you know I, I don't want I, I don't want to sound dismissive, but I don't think anybody cares what T.J. Finley does this offseason. They only care what it's going to look like in the games because we've already seen him in the games. The other two you haven't seen. Right. So right. people want to know that what T.J. is going to put out is going to be different in the fall. Right. So to Ike's point, I don't think there's much he can prove. Not to fans, anyway, in the offseason. No, there, there's so yeah. there's absolutely yeah. nothing, nothing he can, can prove, prove to fans, fans like, in the offseason. Right. Yeah. He has to win football games, or otherwise, people are going to swear this was a boneheaded move. Yeah, right. Now, yeah. as far as as far as the coaches are concerned, we know from Chris Todd, significant ground can be gained in fall camp. Chris <laughs> Chris told us he was taking reps with the threes <laughs> when they called him in and told him he was yeah. the starting quarterback. Uh, so it's really just about it doesn't you know if, if I had advice to any of these guys it doesn't matter with whom or how you take the reps in the offseason you just right. have to make the most of them and that's how that's the only way he widens that gap like let's say they put TJ with the twos but he's killing it with the twos and it's like okay it doesn't matter who we put this guy in with he's going to produce the minimum, the MVP, the minimum viable product for us to be able to win from the offensive side of the ball, which is what we have lacked for so, so many of the past three years. At times, mm-hmm. we have lost games because of un- being unable to produce enough offense to win a game. Yeah. Texas A&M last year, we scored zero offensive touchdowns. Zero. Zero touch, nine defense. Zero touchdowns. Eight touchdowns, yeah. 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 All right, yeah, it was no touchdowns, but we, can, we, we, we count on those to come from offense. We didn't score any. Our quarterback did not play to a level which would have allowed us to. So we could get Arkansas or we could get Georgia State or Texas A&M. And TJ's challenge is going to be raising his floor over what we saw the floor was last year. That's what he's got to prove in games. Now, if we start the season with scenario B, the reason why I say that I think that is the least likely scenario that the coaches are going to be tied to is because they already have the data from last season. So anything that looks the same is going to move you one step closer to pulling the plug and going another direction. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this, this might, you know, I, I'm all for these. I want these kids to succeed, man. You know, and I, I would love to see TJ do well, but, I have been on record of saying I'm not in favor of any quarterback getting as many chances as the last dude got. Right. I don't want to see that. I mean, there's absolutely no reason why. I I am more confident in our quarterback room than I have been in a very long time. Me too. To the point of what you're saying, Mike, the the, the leash has got to be short. If you're not producing, get another guy in there. Right. Right. Like, it's just got to be – it's really got to be that simple – 
because the other two that are out there are capable of going out there and making plays. Are they going to be the same quarterback that you see tried out there, regardless of who QB1 is? Absolutely not. Right. Can they go out there and make plays for this football team? Absolutely so. 100%. And that's, that's the beauty of having competition in your QB room is you have the luxury of having a shorter lease for your quarterback. Right. Mm-hmm. But to if B's point, not, to B's point about the schedule, though, the schedule provides you the rec- requisite games to figure out. So if if we go with B, teacher's got to look. He's got to look outstanding to shut the door on the other QBs for at least a couple more games. Mm-hmm. Right. To so your point, that needs to be in the game, in the and game. that's why I was yeah. saying like yeah, I, don't, think it's I, don't, I don't know that there's much that he's going to do in fall camp to like widen the gap between those other two guys because I don't expect those other two guys to just hand it like they'd have to just not be competing. Yeah, but because the tie goes I, to I expect exactly, but the tie exactly. Goes to yeah. But in the game, if he's going out there showing out, that's where he widens the gap to me. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, he's got sure. the most grasp of the offense, and he's gaming. All right, cool. We're just gonna sure. let him keep running with it. Sure, but again, you, we know how Harson values what guys do in practice on a day by day basis. I, so, I, I don't think TJ's lazy though, right here. So here, that's right. the thing. Like he might not be. I, I you know I don't know how hard anybody's working right now, other than you sure. know, rumors of what I've heard. I'm not right. watching those guys. Day. I don't know what his study habits are. I don't know what his practice habits are. His weight room habits. None of those things firsthand. I can tell you accounts of what I've heard from people. But TJ's not lazy. He's not just sitting there doing nothing. Right. So even if he's not given you know the the effort that QB whatever and QB whatever are giving. He's given enough effort to show that he's going to show up when he's supposed to be there. He's going to go and he's going to – he already told you himself, listen, I, okay, forget what I say. Listen to what he said himself about him taking an enhanced leadership role this year in the offseason and right. him going and getting guys to go through. He's doing those things, right? right. Now, right. the question is, is he doing it more than anybody else? I don't know the answer to that. But he's definitely doing the requisite amount of stuff that Coach Harson's not going to look at TJ Finley and say, this kid doesn't want it. Yeah, I also think he has different things to work on than the other QBs. So his offseason plan is probably going to look a little different than the other two, right? right. right. Yeah, uh, right. Calzada's rehabbing from an injury, man. So people are seeing him working, but he's putting in a lot of work that's physical uh, uh, rehabilitation. It's physical therapy almost, yeah. right? Like he's trying to get back into healthy football shape, you know, and he's trying to strengthen a weak shoulder, make sure he can protect his knees. He's trying to do all these things, you know, and at the end of the day, the way I'm looking at it, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, hey, I mean, they're, they're good. And, there's good and bad for him in this scenario. Right. The good is, is that he's been in the system and he knows the offense and he should be way ahead on the mental part of the game under Brian Harson than the other two. Right. right. That should be his advantage. But I'm with Ike on this one. I don't think there's anything really that happens between now and fall camp that catapults him ahead. And then he's got a chance. He's got a two week window when fall camp starts. To essentially show that he's made ground since a day. And it's all going to come down to accuracy at the end of the day. Time to throw and accuracy are going to be TJ Finley's lines of fire. If he's making the decisions quickly Quickly. and then he's getting it there accurately, he's the clear game one starter to me. Yeah, you're not. If he shows that in the fall, he's the clear game one starter. Right, because if if you're going to hold on to the ball beyond 2.5 seconds in our league, you're going to put a lot of pressure on your offensive line. Yeah. You're going to put a lot of pressure on your offensive line. And because – 
You know, Calzada is kind of an underrated athlete. Like, he can move. I watched this game tape, man. Like, he can get out of the pocket and move. We know Robbie Ashford can move faster than the speed of light. Um, and those two quarterbacks have that advantage on you. So the advantage that you have to have on them, quick release and accuracy. So that's, that's where T.J. Finley has to uh, succeed for, making, yeah. right, for us Good to decision. stick with scenario B. You can't throw the ball directly to the safety like you did in the spring game. Like, you can't do that running a two-minute well, office. I mean, it, that was a bad decision, but it was an even worse throw, right? Like, it was it was, it was, was not the right place to go with the ball, and he threw it poorly, right? Like, if he puts it into a tight window, but he makes a really great throw, we're saying, oh, my God, TJ Finley is, is, is surgical, right? right? Right. But he did both things wrong in that scenario. But here's the thing that I I need everybody to stop getting caught up on, which I know it's difficult to do. If you're going to look at the things that he did wrong, you have to give him credit for the things that he did right. Yeah, You have to. Like, it's only fair. And he made throws that were marvelous in that game. Mm -hmm. Not, oh, my God, eye-popping athleticism things. I mean, flat-footed in the pocket, the Mr. Lacking Mobility, he was decisive and accurate from the pocket in every game that we played that he was a starter and an A-Day. Every single one of them. He had bad moments as well. So again, and I especially need for the people who love Bo Nix to do this. And I know you know I hate bringing his name up on, on this show because he doesn't play at Auburn anymore. Yeah. I need you, if you're going to be wowed by one side and ignore the negative, do that for every player. Yeah, exactly. For yeah, every single you. player, oh, on it. tell me all of the reasons why it was everybody else's fault and not theirs in every scenario because it can't always not be on the guy. I'm going to give TJ the exact same criticism that I'm going to give him praise when it's when he's do it. He but, made some really, really good throws. Like, I mean, yeah. th- throws that it, you can't throw it better than that throws. Throw, the throw to Dawson was, the, was one of the most impressive, and it was it dropped. Was. Yeah, It was dropped. But that right. throw is exactly where we struggled in the fall, not because necessarily because of the receipt. Well, equal blame between the receivers and the quarterback last year for why those plays weren't completed. But those are the, pro- the throws that take the pressure off your O-line. Once right. defenses figure out, listen, this guy can hit a downfield receiver. We can't just blitz him or he's going to find the open guy. Ideally, if you blitz, somebody should be open. And it's the quarterback's job to find the open guy and deliver the football quickly before the defense can recover before the DB can recover, or before the end can get to you. Right. That's it, man. I thought he showed flashes of that. But, again, to Ike's point, the throw, the the almost interception to the safety over the middle, you have to close the gap between that throw to Dawson and that almost interception. Right. You need to be a little closer to this and a little farther from this. It's it's the consistency towards what you want it to be. Now, right. it, he might not give you the amazing throws, but what he's not going to do is put you in bad situations. Yeah, he's not going to turn the ball right. over. Right, right. yeah. So, but let's right. be clear. TJ didn't turn the ball over a bunch last year. Right. He had one interception. No. no, he didn't. He didn't. He, he didn't. had one interception last year. So, again, like, I, I get it. He, he, he missed some throws, but he didn't put us in bad scenarios a bunch. Yeah. Now, I was, I he, he could have moved the ball better. I, I would argue um, – PFF keeps a stat that they call TWP turnover, turnover worthy, worthy. worthy plays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he had a few of those. He had a yeah, few. Of, but I'm, they didn't I'm turn into turnovers. But yeah, I'm to be saying, fair. My, my, I guess my point is that it's not as if 
TJ's just out there giving the ball to the other team consistently. Correct. Correct. Right. Yeah. And and let's be clear again. I know you guys didn't watch him because he didn't play for Auburn last year. Zach Calzada had a bunch of them. Yeah, he either, was giving yeah. the ball to the other team quite often last year. Now he had more reps. What was it? Nine, my, my, nine interceptions. Yeah. Nine interceptions. So, yeah. so uh, again, I, I'm not I'm not down on any quarterback today. I just need us to start giving the entire view of the quarterback room and understand why there are positives to each one of these guys potentially suiting up as QB one for Auburn. In other words, be objective. Right. That's so it. That's all I'm asking you to do in objective. the fall is to be objective. Now he gets out there, or excuse me, in the spring, in the summer, just to be objective. He goes out there in the fall and he doesn't deliver. Yeah, by all means, let's say, let's let the results speak for themselves. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together let's let's try to look real quick through uh scenario c galzada's the starter finley's qb2 ashford is three what do we make of this one right here in this scenario calzada has separated himself from the other two clearly i think um again uh, the experience that he brings in the sec uh and the work that he's put in this offseason and his grasp of the playbook makes C a reality. Um, and if C is to happen, he's got to make that jump in fall camp, right? He's going to get reps with the ones, and he's got he's to show, like, listen, I'm the better game one starter over the guy who you have more data here at Auburn on, right? So uh, C is, uh, I think, again, I I can I could make an argument for why A through C A through C are all very likely. And we don't we don't know. We just yeah. don't know. We don't know at this point because uh where we ended the spring, we did not get a good look at Calzada. I think that where we have Robbie ranked in B and C is not it's not a it's not a reflection on the chances I think on him as an, as a QB. Right. It's more about the, what the other quarterbacks, I feel like, kind of have up on him, which is experience. I think that experience I, I, I was heavy with say, the staff. Yeah. Scenario C speaks to ex- game ex- experience, in-game experience, experience, in my yeah. opinion. For sure. Right. So, um, but quietly, uh, and we'll get to it when we get to scenario D, uh, Robbie Ashford might be the winner in this whole debacle. He could end up the winner in this whole thing. And there's a very plausible scenario where Robbie Ashford comes out shining in this thing. So, uh, to, well, so we're, to, we're to, here. We're here. Let's talk about. Let's talk about it. Yeah. To Ike's yeah. point, I feel like I feel as good about this QB room as I've ever felt. Each of these guys brings something special. So if we're if we're if we're moving on from C to D, Robbie Ashford being QB one means he's got something that the other two don't. Let's be clear, right? He definitely has something that the other two don't, and that is elite athleticism. Now, in for perception's sake, it seems like our fan base is just completely infatuated with dual threat QBs. Right, Robbie sure. Ashford is a true dual threat. We saw him do it with his arms first and his legs second 
on A-Day. And in our talks with him, man, he's got more in the tank. He's got more in the tank. So uh, he can benefit, uh, I think, Robbie Ashford, I think that D is very unlikely to start the season. But I could see a plausible scenario where by midseason, we end up at D. Now, if we've known and if we've learned anything about this quarterback race over the years, it's that if you're number two or number three, you have to stay ready. Because you are one blown knee out from being the guy. Now, we have two QBs in our QB room right now who became the guy suddenly through injury. It's happened to TJ twice. Or he won the two spot. And then number one is suddenly hurt. Calzada, same thing. He thinks right, he's right. he's lost the job uh, uh, to, to to what's his face. Uh, his name is escaping me Kane's right King. now. Kane's King. And then suddenly game two, he's the guy. Now game two, he didn't have a great game. They almost lost that game to Colorado. As a matter of fact, yeah, it was awful game actually. And he steadily improved going into the Bama game, and then pulled out probably the biggest win of his career. It was a very up-and-down season for him. I don't think it was all on him. His offensive line was just awful. They were terrible. Texas a and on the worst lines in the league last year. But uh, he had to be ready. Robbie Ashford has to be ready. Because if this were last year, by the time we get to Iron Bowl, and if he was our number three quarterback, he would have played. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't. We didn't have. I mean, the only reason we kept T.J. Finley in there was because our options were Grant Loy or D. Davis, who was been in the doghouse all year, or some walk on, right? Ray Lindsay or someone like that. Yeah, yeah. If this is last year and Robbie Ashford is on this on this roster, he plays, and then going into the bowl game, he probably starts it. He probably starts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Again, I want to make sure that anybody who's watching this understands, first and foremost, that these scenarios are not an indictment on anybody's talent or ability, right? But there are factors at work that that play into how coaches choose their starting QB. And I would like to point out that just because a guy wins the job doesn't mean he's the best guy. Because talent evaluation is not an exact science, and coaches get it wrong all the time. Yes, Right? Yeah. yeah. Coaches get it wrong all the time. Some of the greatest QBs in history were backups until the starter got injured. You know? And I'm, I hope we're done. You know, we didn't list Holden in here because I don't think there's any plausible scenario where Holden Gerner is playing. I mean. He's uh, not going to. Well, again, this is about game one starter. Yeah, and- right. There's no plausible scenario where he yeah, starts I just, game. I, I don't see it happening now, Holden. If you prove me wrong, you are the next. You are yeah, the next guy. coming. You're the yeah. one. You're the one. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, you are a once in a lifetime generational talent to start as a freshman, and we don't see that very often in our league. Listen, guys, Bama is like their last four quarterbacks that are all playing in the NFL or something like that, <laughs> right? Or at least their last three. And they're about to put a fourth. And I would argue, I would argue none of those guys played from game one as a true freshman. None of them. And Uh, what I hope. Jalen Hurts actually got in the game over Blake Barnett when he was looking very mediocre in 2016. He didn't start. He didn't start. He didn't start. He didn't start game one. one. He he finished game one of his freshman year. 
Okay, cool. But he was not the uh, he was not the clear. He didn't start. He didn't announce his starter. Yeah, yeah like he yeah. was right. not right. And so, and my point is, is is that if if the team winning the most championships and clearly recruiting at a high level, they're not missing at quarterback. Is not starting freshman. If we start a freshman, he better be the next coming of Cam Newton from game one. Because not even Cam Newton was Cam Newton game one. Yeah. That makes what we did three years ago so unbelievable to me. And I am hoping that we are moving away from that with this quarterback room. Right. Give guys and- a chance. I don't, I don't think, me personally, now if Robbie were on this show right now, he'd probably disagree with me. But I don't think he benefits from starting game one. No. no there are plenty of scenarios where, listen, man, when you're, all that matters is that when your turn comes, you, take, you make the most of the opportunity. Right. That's all that matters. And history has shown us that your turn will eventually come. You just have to take And it's going to look different for every quarterback. It may come in season. It may come next offseason. Right? Calzada balls out, goes pro. You know, and now you're the next guy. Right. Or let's say um, the way it pans out, one of these quarterbacks transfers. You become that much more valuable to your coach as a guy who works hard, knows the system and knows the playbook. Mike G, just to add to what you said, because those those are good points. It's likely Ashford gets onto the field anyway. Anyway. Outside of scenario D. Right. What Ashford has to do is when he gets into the game. A win for him is to give Keesaw and Harson something to think about. Mm-hmm. When they're mm-hmm. looking for a guy to provide a spark, he has given them something to think about based on whatever packages or scenarios they've thrown them in previously to where he's earning their trust to put them in an actual game rep. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me go back to this graphic for a second, Caesar. So if you notice, right, in scenario A, we got Ashford listed. As the backup, at the number two. Again, to me, that reflects that he has something. He brings something to the game that the other two do not. Right. And he that puts him in prime position, in prime position to step in and be the guy if, God forbid, injury happens, which we hope doesn't happen, or if somebody just does not play well and we need a changeup. Or when they put you in, while everything's going well for a changeup, and you not only because you know, here's what's going to happen this year, guys. They're going to use Robbie Ashford as a as a threat with his legs, right? Okay. And then eventually he's going to get an opportunity to go in and throw the ball, gotcha. and they're going to like everybody's going to be looking for him to run, and he's going to get a chance to throw, right? And, and 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 man, I'm telling you, when that spotlight is on you to make that throw. If he throws a dime, he gives us something to think about. He, he turns the QB room on his head. Yeah. Because why not start the guy who can run and throw dimes? I disagree. And the only reason I disagree is because I think one thing that we can all agree about what Harson wants to run on offense, it is going to be a QB playing the quarterback position from the pocket, not an athlete who can perhaps make some good throws. And him getting on the field, that's not to, what I just described, though. That's I not know, what I just described. I know that. So what I'm telling you is that Robbie Ashford getting on the field primarily to run and being able to make an accurate throw in spots is not consistently quarterbacking from the pocket efficiently. 
But that's where you have to start, though. But that's that's where you have to start so that they will give you more throws. And then when you get more throws, you complete those. Yes, that's but what's, let me ask that's you this, what's happening though. In the past. You got to start I'm asking there. You. This is what I'm asking you. If whoever's QB1 is playing from the pocket efficiently like the coach wants him to, and Ashford comes in in spots and does exactly what he needs to do, whether it's a big run or a big throw when he's expected to run, what at what point does the coach go, you know what, we are actually doing exactly what we need to do with QB1. QB2, get in there. I want to switch it up. I want to take QB1 out of the driver's seat, even though he's been doing exactly what we want and need him to do because QB2 looked good in the few plays that I gave him. I think the QB1 has to be playing under expectation of the coach. For sure. Okay, so where I will agree with both of your scenarios is Mike's scenario works, or excuse me, is it comes to fruition if the quarterback play is undesirable. It's either poor or it's just, it's okay. So like just for instance, um, you know, national title game, Bama, right? Like Jalen Hurts wasn't playing bad, but the offense wasn't really moving. Like it wasn't doing enough. And so they put two in there to just see, can you give us a spark? Same thing happened in the reverse, right? right? Offense isn't moving around a lot. They throw Jalen Hurts in there. Hey, can you give us something? Right. right, but you, but you, ha- you would have had to have shown your coach enough at that point for him to be able to pull the trigger on in, on the biggest stage in college football and put right. you in there as a true freshman. And all I'm saying is, is that when he gets those few spots, he has to show out so right. that if QB one starts to slip even yeah. a little, and it becomes a question, or we start, or for, let's say we're winning games but we're stalling on offense, they can say, hey. Let's make this switch. Now, uh, going back to uh, scenario B, where Finley wins the job, I think that's exactly where Finley's at, right? If we're winning games, but we're not doing great offensively, they're going to make the switch. Robbie Ashford mm. benefits from that. Mm. Mm. because that, that's, all- that's, actually, that's actually a very, we could probably go on a whole show's topic about whether or not the coach would make a change at quarterback even if we're winning games. Yeah, right. because offensive mm-hmm. problems are still offensive problems. If you're winning with defense, but you're not moving the ball, yeah. it's still incumbent on you to make, it's paramount that you make a change and I not just so. stick with it because it is it, kind of working. I, I, like, I, okay, so I agree with you. I absolutely would take the sum of, man, he's not getting this done. Matter of fact, we talked about it during the Texas A&M game, drive after drive. It's like, hey, I've seen enough. I've seen a half of this. Really, it was like the first drive after the half all right, you got time to go in here, get coached up, draw up something different. We need to see something different. We did not. In the post game, Harson said, well, we wanted to give Bo an opportunity to dig us out of the hole. He said, he, he said, he, he said specifically verbatim, I felt like, it was me to ask the question, I felt mm-hmm. like Bo could still give us that spark. And in my right. head, I was thinking, really? Because when <laughs> have you seen that? <laughs> When yeah. has because I mean listen there were there were <laughs> there was the Bo Nix that started good and ended good there was the Bo Nix that started good and ended bad and there was the Bo Nix that started bad and ended bad there right. was no version of Bo Nix that started bad and ended good correct none zero we've never seen at, that. at no right. point in his career at Auburn <laughs> not just that year no no right. it just, it's never happened it, or he's he he either is what he is at the beginning of the game or he gets worse right right so if he starts mediocre he stays mediocre. In, in the scenario you talked about with, with Tua and, and Jalen, they had had an entire year of coaching and practicing. QB, uh, Tua had actually had some number two reps in some of their blowout games, which is vastly different than game one or two or three. 
making a switch. That, that's a different thing. Right. But I'm 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 looking at that that chart and I'm saying I think what Harson wants to do he wants a quarterback to play from the pocket. That doesn't mean he dislikes dual threat quarterbacks. That just means you're going to have to be a quarterback who can play from the pocket and have this athleticism, elite athleticism to boot. For that and, and reason, talking to Robbie Ashford, sorry to cut you off. He absolutely believes that he's that he's guy. that guy, right? 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 Yeah. Exactly. He, he said, "I'm a quarterback." So what he has to prove then, in limited reps, he is competing with an SEC starter who played almost a full season last year and had some big wins, and SEC, uh, well, a backup technically who also had SEC starting experience but had some wins at his prior stop. He has no experience in the conference. He has no experience in the starter. That's what's keeping Ashford in the backseat for now. Because if you give him reps, and I want to bring up uh, Lawrence had this this point as well. He said, also, we watch Bo get better as the season progressed. TJ or whoever starts should improve. And there is your conundrum. I would, I would, I would argue against that. I would argue that te- Texas, Texas A&M was dead smack in the middle of the season. Right, well, it's not. Last third, we, we, it was, saw, we saw him show flashes of his season, late season, but his floor was still there, late season. His floor was still there, late season. It was just, he 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 impre- he improved, Mike. But with, yeah, but, yeah, I'm not but, saying he didn't. But, but I'm saying his floor yeah. was still as low as it could have been. Sure, late sure. season. We saw less of his. We saw less of his floor as as compared to that, okay, previous. That, that's for previous year. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Fair. we saw we less, saw of, less of it. Yeah. It was there. Yeah. And he it was hit there. it, but just not as often. And, I mean, and to be fair, Texas A&M had Thank a you. really good defense. Thank you. And that's all I was going like, to say. That floor against Georgia really, State. really, really good defense. The, of that floor against Georgia State is much worse than that floor against Texas A&M. If he pl- so, I would argue that Penn State. I would argue that Penn State was pretty bad as well, too. Georgia State was the worst game he played last year. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because yeah. the because the because the yeah. competition is inferior yes. and the yes. result was inferior. It, it, like it you, was, you can't get much worse than it, it was. It was inexplicable. It was Florida it, levels of ineptitude. Florida twenty nineteen levels of yeah. ineptitude. Right. That that was the worst game of Bo's career. Yeah. Was was Florida twenty nineteen? I'm just saying, whoever the quarterback is, because I don't want to talk about Bo, needs to take that floor <laughs> and raise it. Right. That's all I'm saying. I mean, that's the last benchmark we had. Right for for QB play, the last real. Good right. sample size we have for QB play. And Harson is looking for somebody who can just – it doesn't matter if you can run around and, and make three guys miss and then throw a dime down the field. I don't think that's what they're looking for to B's point. Right. Well, think, because it's not – you can't duplicate that. Yeah, yeah, you right. can't. And he proved that right. in the Georgia game. He proved that in the Texas A&M game. He, like, what you did at LSU is not replicable – Week in and week, you're not Johnny Manziel. Johnny yeah. Manziel is mm-hmm. one of the few quarterbacks in the history of our league he that won was the able to consistently yeah. make yeah. guys look foolish on broken. Pl- it's just not. It's not tenable. Right. Th- right. Th- they're too fast. They are too skilled for you to do that consistently in this league. He did it against LSU, and he thought he could do it again in other games. And those guys were like, "Nah, I've seen this yeah. trick before, bro." I would yeah. also argue to play football like that, you also need very special receivers. Yeah, you yeah. need you need special receivers yeah. because when your quarterback is running around doing whatever, he is very difficult to block for. We yeah. heard King Dunlap tell us about how hard it was to block for Michael Vick. Yeah, he's a great athlete, and he's fast, but you never know where the hell he's going to be. And so sometimes he leaves a clean pocket, and then you see holding calls and all these things because they're just trying to keep people from getting to him. He's running around all over the place. And then if you're a receiver, now, instead of running routes, 
you're trying to find pockets for your quarterback. You're trying to come back to you're trying to do all these things to make a play for your quarterback, which is much harder. But it, it can be done and it can be practiced because Kansas City actually practices it a lot. They say yeah. who who's the guy who who, who was the uh the uh receiver Sorry. that uh, no 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 that uh Manziel played with he's with Tampa Mike Bay. Evans yeah. yeah yeah that kind of receiver yeah big guy who I mean, can go up Mike, get a Mike ball. Evans is just a jump ball guy though right yeah. like it's like he's bigger and stronger than everybody else Johnny Manziel just it was but but again we're spending way too much time talking about this dude um <laughs> that's why Seth Williams looked special because right. he was the yeah. guy who you could just uh yeah. uh that's Seth yeah, yeah. right for yeah. sure Right, but even for him, his production suffered because if you're consistently doing that, it's hard right. to have great stats. Right. It really is. Well, the offense a, didn't lend to great production or consistent yeah, ability yeah. flashing from that. Yeah. Are you talking that about Kevin Sumlin or, or uh, Gus Malzahn? I'm talking about Gus Malzahn being okay. an underwhelming offensive coach. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I thought you were talking about, I mean, it's, it applies to both. So, so whoever yeah. wins the quarter, whoever wins or ends up playing in any of these scenarios that we presented. Now, there, there are some other scenarios for quarterback. Uh, uh, I didn't put them on this list because they're, they're, they're really, really not likely. Uh, but uh, you know, it doesn't start and end here because there's a whole dude. We're talking about week one, but there's a whole season to be played. And the guy in the number two spot, man, if I had any advice for any of these guys that are listed here, it's man, if if, if it's me and coach says, uh, you know, Zach, we're going to go with TJ to start the season. Mm-hmm. I'm looking coach. I'm looking Brian Hartson dead in the face and I'm saying, all right, cool. When you call on me, I'm going to be ready, right? When you need a lifeline, because I still think I'm the guy, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to work three times as hard, and when it and when it it's my turn, I'll be there for I'll be I'll be there to bail you out, coach. Mm-hmm. Now hold my beer, and <laughs> and that goes for any one of the quarterbacks. <laughs> Wait, how in the, old is? Don't worry. Don't, don't, yeah, I, I, oh, okay. Is he twenty? Is twenty? Carlos right, uh, twenty-one, right? Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Yeah. he's he 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 um, right. right. not, uh, not in coach's office, but go yeah. but continue. continue. But especially for like Robbie Ashford, same thing. He can definitely because, not say hold my beer. Yeah, yeah, right, right. But he, but if I'm, I'm saying it with my chest oh, my to him. Like, listen, <laughs> right now, yeah, I, I get it. These guys got more experience than me, but I'm the best. And when you give me my shot, I'm going to prove it. And then when you get in the game, uh, to, uh, to, 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 you know, what B and I were talking about, it doesn't matter how many throws you get. It only matters that you make the ones that you're given right? so that they will give you the next one. And then they will slowly expand your role to where when you get to the end of the season, if it's a question and the game's on the line and, and it's a New Year's Six Bowl and Calzada is struggling suddenly after winning every game all season, like uh, what's-his-face with Jalen Hurts was. Won every game all season, but when it got to the big stage, he was struggling. You want your coach to be able to say, you know what? We're going to make the switch. We're going to sit him down. We're going to sit a guy down that's won almost every game he's ever played at quarterback. And we're going to put in a true freshman or or a a first-year guy in our system. And we're going to see if he can bring us that spark. I don't think during Texas A&M, Brian Hartson felt like he had that. And I, right. I challenged him. I said, hey, listen, it felt to me 
Like, losing to Georgia State was embarrassing enough that he would go to T.J. Finley. I mean, he, he literally said, he said, listen, we literally switched out everything but the O-line. Mm-hmm. So we did. We tried everything we mm-hmm. could. And, and Texas A&M was just not as embarrassing as a loss. It wasn't embarrassing enough for him to pull. And I, I, and I just, I still feel, I'll die on this hill. I think it would have been harder for T.J. Finley to be any more ineffective than Bo was in that game. Right? A change up something, anything. Right, to try to get it going. Now, maybe last year wasn't the year for that, but this year has to be the year for whoever's in the number two and the so. number three spot. I think so. We need guys who can step up, man, when things aren't going well or if guys get injured. You are, you now, are now listening, listening to, to 